Let's talk about microdosing. You know that feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you've relaxed, you're focused, and a little energized? It feels just right, like you're in the zone. Well, microdose can help you not only get into that zone easier, but stay there longer. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I absolutely love how helpful these gummies are. For me, half a microdose gummy during the day helps me really stay centered and really fresh as I get everything done on my list. And they really help me relax in the evenings as well and just be present and in the moment instead of worrying about things from the day or what I have to do tomorrow. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code MinaAF for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms. And I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. So while I mistakenly thought my dad didn't know what podcasts are, he does. And he's listened to a couple of my episodes. And this one we have coming up is, I'm going to say, a no male family member listen episode. So dad, any of my brothers that were thinking this might be interesting, I'm going to do you a favor and say, go ahead and skip this one. Like, But for real, don't listen to this one. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I am Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF. And if any of you have sensitivities or feel the need to clutch pearls, um, this is probably not the episode for you. We're going to talk about vibrators. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about how awful women are to other women. But, you know, probably most likely thing that could be offensive to you is the vibrators. This episode is airing longer after the backlash of my most recent vibrator post. And the first time I worked with, I'm not going to actually name the company, but the first time I worked with the company um, and did a post a couple months ago, it was a lot of the same. So I want to give you a little bit of background because I think a lot of people don't quite understand how it works with social media or you know influencers. I I guess I'm you know I'm I'm coined that now, but a lot of times there's a product that I love, I'm interested in, and I ask my manager like, I love this. Can I get paid to love this? Because why not? Why not? And the whole vibrator conversation started when my husband and I were on a trip in Mexico, and I had brought my vibrator. And it was out, I believe, and like the cleaning gal had come and we came back from the pool and I it was just hilarious because I'm like, you know, did, did she know what it was? Did she care? Is it a thing? Like it was just funny. And uh, so many people, hundreds, hundreds of people commented, messaged me 
And we're like, this is amazing. Thank you so much for like being open about this stuff. You're open about everything. And, you know, this, this is great too. And they wanted the link to it. It was like the rose that you – I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram ads because that's how it got me. But it just looks like a rose. And I kept having to find new links to share with people because it kept selling out. And I was like, well, heck, I'm not – you know, these companies are getting rich off me over here pimping their their vibrators. Like, is there a company that I could work with? Because I do think not only is it an opportunity for me to financially support myself and my family, but also just as a topic in life, I feel passionate about just – I mean, across the board, if you guys know me at all, I, I talk about everything, whether it's comfortable or not whether it's something that I necessarily want public or not, I feel like it's not fair when I have a platform to only show the good stuff or talk about the pretty stuff because I think that's what messes with people's heads. That's what's tough for young girls when they see, you know, these perfect bodies that are probably edited or, you know, moms see me on the beach with my family after two kids and they think, why does my body not look like that? They know why their body doesn't look like that because they know I had plastic surgery. So it just, I feel like, creates more of a level playing field. So that's a little bit of background on how this all came to be. And also because I am on TV, I have a lot of people that care what I do and say, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I have a morality clause in my contract, which again, I think is good and useful, but also so open to interpretation, like who's to say what's moral and what isn't what's legal and what's not, 100%. But this first post that I did um, with the vibrator, a handful of people thought I was hacked. They're like, she's been hacked. Guys, don't worry. She's hacked. I'm like, it's literally a picture of me holding it next to my face. I'm, I, Whoever could edit that, I'm sure it could happen. I'm definitely not the one. But, you know, I kind of shared and I was like, no, no, you guys, it's I was not hacked. I do own a vibrator and I am telling you that I suggest you do it too because it's a really lovely thing. And there was so many comments and I got I got real in my head about it because one of them was, first of all, everyone feels the need to announce their departure from following me. I'm sure you guys have seen all the cute comments. You don't need to announce. You can just go. But that's not what social media is about. People want to be seen. They want to be heard. And I put stuff out there. So you know, you're, you're allowed to comment back. But this one um, kind of particularly twisted the knife. A gal said, I, you know, I used to love you. I thought you were an amazing role model for younger girls and for my daughter. And I'm super disappointed to see this um, and to see you pretty much, you know, sink so low that you would hawk vibrators at the detriment of your brand. I won't let my daughter watch your show anymore because you're not a good role model. And I thought a lot of things about that. My first reaction was I was just pissed. Like, then thinking about it more, I also thought, is it my job to be your kid's role model that you want? You be the role model that you want your kids to be. And, you know, they'll be whatever they want anyways because <laughs> that's how humans work. But Thinking about it with my own kid, because I think that's fair, <laughs> Charlie was actually uh, playing with my vibrator the other day because it's in my bedside drawer where everyone keeps their vibrator, and she can reach it, and she's like, what this? What this? What this? And I'm like, it's a toy. 
And that's all she needs to know about it right now. And that's fine. Maybe when she's, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, I don't know about all of you guys, but I feel the need to preface this and I shouldn't have to. I've had sex with, I can count the people on two hands. Not a lot of people. It shouldn't matter. I could have had sex with 100 people, but, you know, that's our world. So I feel the need to preface it with that. But in high school, I had a serious boyfriend. It was the only boyfriend I had and we had sex. And, you know, into college and then after we broke up between, you know, the ages of 20 and my marriage, you know, I had sex with five, six more people. And it was terrible. It was terrible sex. I mean, no one, particularly in high school, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing because no one talks about it. And even into college, it was just, it was it was not good. And I don't know when people would ask like about like, okay, have you had an orgasm? I'm like, I don't know. I think so. As a 38-year-old woman, ladies, if you think so, you have not. You have not. And physiologically for different women, it takes different things. There are different spots. There's so many things I've learned as an adult that I've gotten comfortable with that have nothing to do with my partner not being able to satisfy me. It's, you know, stimulation from the outside, from the inside. At the same time, uh, you know, some people like the the other whole option. Not a fan. We can talk about that too. Tried it once, literally gave him the dolphin. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, never again. Okay, I saved it till marriage. You got it. You got to save something. That was it. It didn't work out. But that being said, a lot of people feel very strongly, A, that because I speak openly about it, that I'm not a good role model. And I really think that's where it's the parent's job to step in if the kid is following me on my personal account, which is not my show. It's not home renovation. It's my kids. It's plastic surgery. Like there's a video, I think, of me removing one of my drains. That being said, I don't think it's necessarily something that would be offensive to your, you know, your 13-year-old daughter. But if they came to you and said, hey, what's this? I think the thing is, is most parents are afraid of what they will need to do to have that conversation. So it's not that me existing and showing this vibrator is a poor role model. It's what it then does by putting a responsibility on the parent's plate to maybe answer questions about it. And I think I'm pretty okay with that because there's so much misinformation about sex and you know what is what's consent, what's not, what's okay, what's not and having age appropriate conversations is what parents probably want to avoid because they are uncomfortable because they weren't talked to in an open way about sex or their sexuality. I mean, when I started my period, I used toilet paper for I don't know how long because I just didn't talk to anyone about it and I didn't know what to do, which is crazy. But age appropriate for a 13-year-old maybe is, yeah, that is something, you know, that adults or, you know, young adults use in sexual activity. And I'll tell you more about it maybe when you're a little bit older. When things aren't talked about, whether it's, you know, religion, politics, racism, like when when everything, when things are pushed away because they're uncomfortable, I think that's where, you know, things start to go awry. Nonetheless, it was still very triggering, hurtful to hear someone say, you're a bad role model for my daughter because you're a sexual being. And I think a lot of women, I think we all know this by now, but we are so awful to each other. And 
granted, there were a few comments from men, but they were all like, great, can you show me how to use it? I'm like, what, what do you what, you think I'm going to be like, yeah, let me send you a video real quick, dude. Anywho, so I delete those because those are just not necessary. But every negative comment, every mean comment, every judging comment is from a woman, which is just crazy to me. And I am not uber feminist. I, you know, I'm not like, well, actually I do have armpit hair, but that's because I wax and I'm behind. But I'm not like burning bras or anything. I, it's just shocking to me how we are each other's worst enemies. And it doesn't have to be. And this is just one small thing that really I think is an awesome example of how judgmental we are towards each other. And it's across the board. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're too nice, you're too mean, and then you're a bitch. If you're overweight, you can embrace your body or you can be, you know, diabetic and not taking care of your health. If you're skinny, then you're vain. If you get plastic surgery, you're, you know, you're full of yourself and you're insecure all at the same time. If you do it for the right reason, um, then it's okay. But who says what the right reason? And I think it was the same with the vibrator because a lot of things that I saw were your husband must be embarrassed. That's disappointing. We, you know, we, we obviously he doesn't have, <laughs> if you guys follow me, you know, the whole gray sweatpants situation. So, you know, he's doing just fine down there, but you know, that, that there was some reflection on my husband and our relationship and our sex life that I own this thing. And again, I think it's just misinformation. And when people do see sex or talk about it or see different things that can be used during sex, it's in porn, which is geared towards men, which are dumb because they're commenting, can I see how to use it? So we have these really silly ideas that that this is how it works. And sometimes I use my vibrator by myself. Oftentimes I use it while I'm with my husband. And it's not anything that makes him insecure, that makes me feel some kind of way, but that was not always the case. And I think that goes back to, you know, late high school, college sex sucked because no one knew what they were doing, but no one was talking about what they were doing. I wasn't, you know, I'm sure there were other women, juniors in college, having amazing sex and saying what they wanted and saying what felt good. I just was not. I didn't feel comfortable with that. I didn't feel comfortable with my own body. You know, there's still times where I don't, you know, and I'm almost 40. And I don't don't think that ever goes away, but I think you learn to manage it better and get some more comfort. But when I first had a vibrator, I was was single. And so it was kind of, you know, my replacement man. And I owned it when I met Steve. And the conversation, how do you start the conversation? Like, hey… I have a vibrator. Well, you you want to you want to talk about it? Okay, you're cool. I'm going to use it. Do you want to use it together sometimes? Like to say, I have a vibrator. I want to use it or I want I want you to use it on me this way because this is what feels good. It it's not how we're we're, we're made necessarily. Like, you know, we're 50s women, you know, barefoot and pregnant having dinner and bourbon ready when the husband gets home from work. And that's just not the world today. So it wasn't an easy conversation when Steve and I first had it. It wasn't like, you know, let's, I, I need to schedule time. We need to sit down. We need to have a talk about this. It was just little things like, hey, like, I know you have that. Do you want to like use it while we do this? And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe. And then, you know, you just get more comfortable with your body, with your sexuality. 
all those things. And it can, I, I guess I just don't see why not. And I think the people that feel the most strongly are the ones that are insecure in some way or another. Like, I can't use that because it will put my relationship in jeopardy because using this means my partner's not enough. And for them, that is what it means in their head. And honestly, it probably means that in their head because it means that in their partner's head. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of you're probably not in the right relationship then. <laughs> but you know those those triggers and those fears are all there for a good reason. And I, I screenshot a couple of the messages, a couple funny ones, but from my most recent post, and you know this woman's looks like she's maybe 55 60 and she said my whole life this type of thing has been offensive to me my favorite channel is the one i'm on i'm not going to say it cuz i don't know if i'll get in trouble now we have someone selling sinful products representing said network man nothing else is sacred anymore and no most women do not play with themselves many are married in faithful relationships and their husband is all they need. This is gross. Whew. Yeah. Uh, you guys can't see Meg, but she's like laughing, but probably like, oh my God, this is terrible laughing. And I have thick skin. This is not the worst or most offensive thing someone said to me on social media. And I don't mind that they do that because I put this out on display. You're allowed to have your opinion. I think most people, if like your opinion sucks, just don't share it. Don't be mean. Um, but you're allowed to do that. This is an open forum. And because it's an open forum, you are then allowed to get bludgeoned by my supportive following who thinks you are awful for doing what you did. <laughs> so then the comments in response to that go into gross to you. Not everyone's a buzzkill. So thank you for running to my defense all the time, my amazing followers. Um, while completely not necessary, I think it was helpful to see out of the – God, the first post I think had maybe a 1,000 comments. I don't know. The second one probably has 450 by now. And the overwhelming majority I want everyone to know is women being happy with me talking about this because it normalizes it. It's a thing that's normal. But because people don't talk about it, they don't think it's normal. And it is, and it's okay. And if you're not comfortable with it, you don't have to do it. Just like if you're not comfortable smoking cigarettes, you don't have to smoke them. People who do are not, you know, they're not going to the, the depths of hell. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have different stressors, some big, some small, that we carry around and that really weigh us down. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to have a negative effect on us. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. For me, therapy has been so helpful, really learning those positive coping skills and to be the best version of myself. I know myself better and how to set the right boundaries that really work for me. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash AF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash AF. 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling and you can fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. With delicious options from breakfast to dessert, you can stay fueled all day long with easy and nutritious options. Plus, with premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, Factor meals are a real treat. I love the convenience and the variation of Factor's different meal preferences. Whether it's managing calories, maximizing protein, or avoiding meat, crush your goals this May with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. A lot of people actually did think I got hacked, so I had to announce that I did not. But a couple of the other ones that I grabbed were not tasteful, disappointed. And I think I I screenshot this one because this response was just funny from this gal. She said, I asked the tasteful police. They verify this post is 100% tasteful. You are incorrect. (laughs) And uh, then, uh, you know, my husband obviously tries to chime in and be supportive. But I'll read this last one. This is definitely an ad that says she's getting paid for. And frankly, I think it tarnishes her brand. We don't need to know what she likes sexually. Totally inappropriate for her brand. And then, you know, everyone has all these very supportive things to say. But those three, those are three that I could, you know, screen grab from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of posts. So point being, I want women to understand that although there are definitely going to be those ones out there that are going to be nasty, most other women will want to know more. When I when I did that first post while I was in Mexico, probably half a dozen of my friends text me, I don't know, like two weeks later and they're like, oh my God, I ordered that thing. Oh my God. And I'm like, right. I physically personally sent the link to like a dozen of my girlfriends and I was like, you need this. This is amazing. And then when it came, they're like, oh my God, you're right. It is. And honestly, I think I got my first sex toy when it was like a college, like a sex toy party, like you do with like a, you know, pots and pans party. And it's kind of fun and everyone's kind of joking and you're like, all right, I'm going to get this one. You're going to get that one. We're all going to do this. It was this very like light environment where I think we were all kind of pretending that we were just going along with this because it was fun. But we're all like, thank God. Okay, this thing is amazing. I have this. I have the very first one I ever owned. I don't have a copy of this, but one of the things that I posted after my first vibrator post, I got a message from a woman and she, I I asked for her permission to, you know, cross out her name and share it. This was a completely earnest message and I thought it was so amazing on so many levels. She messaged and said she had had a hysterectomy. She had nothing in her that was creating female hormones anymore and the hormone replacement therapy hadn't been working. They'd been trying to get it right for years. Her husband was on testosterone 
replacement because he had very low testosterone. And when it gets super low in men, things can happen. Men don't just take testosterone because, you know, they want to be uber masculine or anything. So she says, you know, we've had this relationship where, you know, he's been on one end of the spectrum and I've been on the other for two years now and it it came to a head. And I saw your post and you talking about it made me feel like I had permission to talk to him about it. So I did. I took my phone, I took your post and I was like, Mina talked about this. I want to have a conversation. They had a conversation. They got, I don't know what toys they got. I don't care. But she said, we were on the brink of divorce and you giving me permission to talk about this saved our marriage. And so when I shared it, I, you know, I said it jokingly, like, you know, just saving marriages over here, one vibrator at a time. But there are situations like that where not only is it okay just because you want it to be okay, but because there are other issues. A lot of the comments I actually found out that using a vibrator, I guess because the muscles, when you have an orgasm, what the muscles do is good for uh, some kind of therapy for a physical ailment of the pelvic area that now I can't remember. So I'm just probably sounding like a ding dong. There's so many reasons that it's okay. And it just, it's just, it was just wild to me. And I, I felt the need to talk about it even more, probably angering those pearl clutchers even more. I felt so importantly about this being able to be a message that with my platform, I was able to normalize that I was willing to not get paid for it because there's, you know, if, if you're getting paid, there's, it's, it's a whole thing. And it, it, that didn't, that didn't end up happening. It didn't have to happen, but it was just really shocking to me how strong the reaction from the public was one way or the other, very polarizing for people, which I think a lot of hot button topics are. And I, you know, I touched on it a little bit briefly, but I do want to go back to how Steve felt about it. He didn't even blink. I mean, stuff gets sent to my house all the time. So whether it's for me to post or they want me to post or they want me to try and, you know, I get a box of vibrators and I'm like, oh, babe, look what came. And he's like, cool. That's it. That's the conversation. Steve loves me. Loves He's loved my – I mean, I've been anywhere from – I sound like an a-hole saying this because 34 is not that big – but anywhere from a double zero to a 34 in pants. So I've been all different sizes and had all different kinds of, you know, issues with my body and being able to own my sexuality as I've gotten older and gotten more comfortable with it has just been huge for me because when you have that internal confidence and presence, it exudes. Someone that's insecure, that's going to affect every part of their life, their work, their friendships, um, their, their relationships. So I think it's something whether it's a vibrator or just starting to talk about what you want to do, what you like to do with your partner, what you enjoy. And I'm just saying this from personal experience because I had a lot of sex that was fine. I was like, this is fine, but I wasn't doing anything like amazing. And I didn't say anything for so long. And I don't know why. I just, I don't know if it was how I was raised or, you know, the, all the that, that old stuff that's, that gets into the back of your brain that makes you act weird ways. But, I mean, it was definitely a thing. So I'm glad that I've been able to kind of work through that. And all that being said, when I did the second post, for like a solid 36 hours, I was I, – I feel like I don't want to trivialize using the word depressed, but I was super bummed. and. 
just, I think, disappointed maybe in myself, but in just the situation, disappointed. And it's it's wild because, you know, we post something on social media, you get 6,000 likes and 500 comments and two of them are nasty. And that's what you're always going to remember. That's human nature. How do you feel about people commenting on your brand as if your brand isn't just you as a person? Yeah. Your, your brand as an influencer that's just me. is you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think with this weird new world of influencers, the majority of people that get some kind of platform aren't because like that's necessarily what they were trying to do. It's just because who they were and what they were doing drew attention for some reason. And then that just multiplied. So this is just who I am. And I don't think it's unique to me. People have a really hard time accepting that you can change. Particularly uh, like your, even my family, your family, your friends, someone you've known for a long time um, in a relationship. So this girl I know, she lost a ton of weight, went through a huge transformation. It really changed her whole life. Her husband left her because He was so uncomfortable with this different person. He was insecure um, and jealous, and he left her because the the journey she went on to better her life, to get physically happier, which made her mentally and emotionally happier, was too challenging for him as a human, which means he wasn't ready to change. And it's… It's just shocking when you really think about it how uncomfortable we are. And I get it. Like I'm I'm not comfortable with change. Like you throw something at me at the last minute, I'm better at it now. I'm better at it because I'm on Lexapro and Wellbutrin. But it, it it messes with us. Like we want to know what's gonna happen. And we, you know, we just can't all the time. So I think that's a big part of it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This idea that people think they have of me, once that changes... Then it's like, oh my God, what I thought I knew, I don't know anymore. And it's more that it's uncomfortable for them that things can change around them that they weren't expecting. Because then, I mean, you know, what else can change? This is just me. And I want to, as I grow, as I change and experience new things, I have made the choice to share all those things publicly. And some of them you may embrace and some of them you may not. But I think the point is, at the very least, what I've done is, you know, shaken things up, challenged people to, you know, if you live the life where you're clutching your pearls and you've never talked about a vibrator, at least like maybe it's in your head now. And maybe you're asking yourself some questions about it. Like why, why was that so upsetting to me? Why was that so triggering? And if the answer is because uh, my religious beliefs don't support that, cool, cool. But if it's because, you know, something that was ingrained in you as a child where you're not supposed to be a sexual being or you're only supposed to be a sexual being to please other people or so many different options, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I want people to also understand I talk about the things that you guys that follow me on social media engage with. 
if I was talking about things, sharing things, posting things, and no one was commenting and no one was like, oh, tell me more or, oh, thank you for sharing that, I would just move on to the next thing in my day. But it has been historically when I talked about my IVF and was very public about that. I didn't know anything about secondary infertility and I learned so much and I got probably tens of thousands of messages over the process of women saying, thank you for talking about this. I've also struggled with this. It's not something that anyone talks about. So thank you. Same thing with the vibrator post. I talk about poop. I <laughs> I don't have a gallbladder. It's a whole nother world <laughs> when you don't have a gallbladder. And even that, like my when I had my gallbladder removed, my first boyfriend after that, it was like the most uncomfortable situation because if we would go out to eat, like I had to wait 20 minutes at the restaurant. And how do you have that conversation? Like, like you don't eat sushi on a first date, but we got to talk about that we have to hang out here for a hot minute or I'm going to shit my pants. So <laughs> it's just, it, it comes more easily to me to be open, I think, than it does for a lot of other people. So if I can do that favor to everyone else and not give an AF, you know, hence the name Mina AF, then that's what I'm going to do. That's my soapbox today. So uh, highly recommend whether you purchase the one that I post about or a different one, look into it or maybe just use it as a little encouragement to have a conversation with your partner, even if you like do have great sex, but there's something else you've been wanting to try have that conversation. God, what did Steve ask me to do the other day? He was like, we've been married almost seven years and he always comes up with wild stuff. But I don't even want to say it, but anal. I don't know. It's the same like the P word. I don't like it. It's a vagina, whatever else you want to call it. Hoo-ha. But, you know, I got got around that for a hot minute while we were together saying, you know, you got to save something for marriage, babe. And then we've been married a few years and he's like, what's what you said? It's been years. Like, let's just try it. And, you know, you never be talked into something you're not uncomfortable with. But, I, you know, I love my husband. I trust my husband. I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'll take a stab at it. Turns out, definitely not for me. And that's okay. And we've never done it again. We joke about it a lot. But there's just, it sounds, it just, you always have to like be forever dating. I think that's how you stay in love. That's how you stay in a marriage and how you stay fresh. Because when you just get stuck in a routine, then then I think that's when people's brains get bored and they start wandering. Completely inappropriate. But my husband had to meet my husband and I had to meet up where it doesn't really matter. We had to meet up in a parking lot for something. And he was like, Well, can I get can I get an HJ in the car? And I was like, I mean, I'm like doing emails and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. He's like, do I lay the seat down or do I leave it up? I was like, well, don't lay the seat down. That's awkward. If someone drives by and sees like the seat laid half down, then like this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Like HGTV star gets caught in parking lot, giving husband an HJ. Like what? But, you know, we didn't get caught and it doesn't make me slutty and it doesn't make me a bad role model. It just maybe makes me different than you. And that's okay. I'm not like, oh, you suck. You're such a prude. Why are you a square? You should touch yourself more. Like, I don't do that to you. A lot of my followers did. If you commented mean things, they said you probably need one of these. But I could go on about this. 
I guess the last thing to say, like, if you are curious, there are a lot of companies that, you know, the, the one that if you go to my social media, you can see who I'm talking about, but the shipping is super discreet. It doesn't say it, the company's name doesn't make you think um, any, any which way about it, the box that it comes in. So if you are trying to get more comfortable, but you're not there yet, there's definitely ways, and I'm sure there's a million other companies that, you know, that ship discreetly like that. So you can do it in your own time. Um, and even if it's something with your partner that, you know, you don't want to hide something from them, but you're not ready to engage them with it yet. Like, you know, I listened to this podcast. I saw Mina's, you know, Instagram post. I'm going to order this. I may not use it for a month or a year or a week. Um, I may never use it, but I want you to know, like, I'm thinking about this and when I'm ready, I'll talk to you more about it. And I think you'll be surprised, A, most of your significant others will probably be like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Let me know when you're ready. Um, because they want you to feel good. They want you to be enjoying sex or you know whatever the, the foreplay is, even more than you probably want to. So, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, you can do it in a way that you kind of like baby step into it. Um, again, I feel like I feel like a drug pusher, but for vibrators, like, you know, it's this is the gateway, guys. Maybe that's why people are scared. Maybe vibrators are the gateway drug to, you know, complete anarchy and, you know, women just having sex and running around naked and, you know, hell and, you know, hellfire and brimstone. That's probably the problem. It's not that the vibrator's scary, it's what it represents. Hmm. A little food for thought. You guys think about that till next week. Thank you so much for listening to my ramblings today. Please don't forget to leave me a question. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. And definitely don't forget to follow. And I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>